We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. (laughs) The first cup of coffee, it was awful. Meet Rod Johnson, co-founder of Black & Bold, a premium specialty coffee and tea company powered by Shopify. The journey of Black & Bold started with us opening our online Shopify store while we were burning beans in my business partner's garage. Shopify allows us to stay true to our mission by having an easily customizable and responsive site that make it very easy for novices to try their hand in becoming entrepreneurs. I was able to do it without any technical background, and I'm very grateful for Shopify. My advice to anyone thinking of starting a business is to just start selling on Shopify today. When you're ready to share your business with the world, grow it on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform trusted by millions of businesses like Black & Bold. Get a free 14-day trial at shopify.com slash free22 and start selling wherever your customers are with easy-to-use tools and friendly 24-7 support. Go to shopify.com slash free22 right now. Shopify.com slash free22. What is going on, Roto-Grinders? This is the best ball hot take show presented by Underdog Fantasy. I'm your host, Dean, joined today by uh, Chris Prince. You guys know him better as Beer Makers fan. Beer, former FanDuel Live Finals champion. Beer, how's life in your world? Life is good, buddy. We got football right around the corner. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. We got all the other major sports going. I mean, how can you be mad right now with everything going on? So, super busy, but uh, I had to carve out an hour to talk some football here with you guys. Yeah, got some baseball lineups to make today. Got some basketball lineups to make today. Of course, uh, football right around the corner here with some best ball talk. Christopher Gimino, you don't have to tell him this because he's hard at work here behind the scenes at RG with all the good stuff as far as ownership projection and everything else going on here. A former XFL guru. He might be an XFL guru again, actually, thanks to The Rock, potentially. Gimino, what's going on, dude? Oh, uh, it, it's it's the, my kind of world right now, Dean. You know, I'm scoring in WNBA, like there's basketball of all different types. There's baseball. You know, we've still got all the specialist sports going. NFL is about to come back. It, it's, it's an embarrassment at Rich's right now. I cannot be more excited. We're going to talk about underdog fantasy in a second. Before we do that, uh, Beer, say, uh, you know, hey, we're on our bubble. Maybe some people don't know, don't know. What is, you know, they played season-long fantasy. They probably played daily fantasy as well. What is best ball? What is that concept here? Explain. Basically, that. you draft and you forget it. You know, a lot of people don't have time to, to go through season-long waivers and trades and everything that goes along with that. And I mean, what's the best part of a season? It's drafting your team. So that's all you're going to do here on Underdog Fantasy is draft a team, and it figures out the rest for you. Automatically, it's going to set 
your best lineup each and every week. They got, you know, low state contests, high state contests, uh, a big best ball championship contest with a $25 buy-in, uh, which is a great price point for anybody to jump in and take a shot at winning $200,000. So uh, the, I think it's one of the best, obviously one of the growing forms of, of fantasy, but great for people on the go that want to get invested, want to have some fantasy football teams, but would want to do all the work that goes along with season-long teams or even with DFS, messing with salaries and, and ownership projections and things like that. This is a way to draft, have fun, and have some skin in the game. So they're not new to the game. I'm, I'm rocking my uh, my draft shirt here. There it so is. If, you, if you know about draft, these are the people behind Underdog Fantasy, so clearly know what they're doing. Super excited that this is out and ready to rock. Yeah, Underdog Fantasy available now on iOS, Android. You can get on your on your laptop if you want to as well. And like you said, from the minds that brought you draft, it's like the movie. If you liked, then you'll love. If you like draft, then you'll love Underdog Fantasy. Uh, you mentioned the $25 tournament. $25 jump in, you can turn 25 smackers into 200 k $1 million total prize pool as far as their signature best ball mania tournament. Additionally, they have, a, I think, contests from $3, $3 to $100, I want to say. Uh, also, be on the lookout. We're going to be doing more shows here at RG uh, for, you know, best ball oriented. This is, I want to say this is our first one with uh, being presented by Underdog Fantasy. But, of course, if you go back, we did shows on five other teams. Well, I should say, we're going to knock out five teams specifically today. We might kind of go off the reservation on a player or two. But, essentially, we're going to stick to Washington, Houston, Seattle, uh, Buffalo, Jamino. I mean, try to try to stay. You know, let's not get too fancy. I know, I know you're part of Bill's Mafia, but let's not just like say everybody's draft them in the first round. We'll talk about that in a second. And then, last but not least, is Indianapolis. And again, we've had previous shows where we knocked out five other teams. Go ahead and find those, and who knows, maybe we'll recycle them. Plenty of time before the season comes up, and you know, new news is coming around every single day. That said, diving on in, Jamino, open it up for us as far as the Washington football team. Uh, it's a disaster from a fantasy perspective outside of basically. Uh, scary Terry, right? Like, do we want anybody else? Let's talk about Terry first, and then the rest of the team just kind of met. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so Terry McLaurin is one of my absolute favorite best ball picks of the season for a number of different reasons. The first one is that jabroni extraordinaire Dwayne Haskins won't be the starting quarterback for even 10 weeks of the season, let alone the entire season. I, I'm quite confident we're going to see Alex Smith come back based on some recent reports. Now, look, he's coming off a major injury. And I'm not trying to say Terry McLaurin can't have a good season, even if Haskins is the guy the entire time. But I am more optimistic with the understanding that there could be some appearances by Smith this season if Haskins doesn't hold up his end of the deal. And that's a good thing for Terry McLaurin, who faces very limited competition for targets anywhere. They have one of the worst tight end situations in the entire league. The backfield is a, a, you know, basically a quadrant of guys who aren't particularly known for being exceptional pass catchers you know you've got a rookie any rookie in COVID season I'm not going to trust uh like like their their uh, scat back the, the combo back Gibson who's coming in this season I am basically going to be trusting McLaren to be the extreme workload load carrier in the passing game the true ex-alpha guy who's shown he can get downfield for explosive plays a guy who's very likely to have 100 catches this season by my perspective and just someone that I want to go out of my way to get I think it might be hard to win a basketball tournament if he has anything close to the kind of season I expect season I expect him to have. All right, uh, Beer, what say you? First talk about what Alex Smith may or may not start. We don't really know just yet. What's your uh, projection as far as who's going to be the starting quarterback uh, week one? 
I mean, I think it's Haskins to start with. I think they're going to try and see what they have there. But, Dean, this this debacle starts with, with the name up top, the Washington football team, and it all just trickles down to all these players as well. I mean, who's excited to go out and buy some Washington football team swag? Who's excited to draft into these Redskins? Uh, I, I don't mind McLaurin. Jamino's a little higher than I am, but we did see glimpses in a terrible offense. This guy put up some big numbers. So another year under his belt. Uh, he's got that connection with Haskins. So if they do go to Alex Smith, maybe that hurts McLaurin a little bit uh, in the long run. But you look around at the rest of this team, and you know it's it's a cast of characters. You know Antonio Gibson is the next Christian McCaffrey. So so how do we not take a shot on this guy? According to Ron Rivera, but they have about nine thousand running backs. I don't really have interest in any of them. Darius Geis is still living off his LSU days. Just to name, the guy can't stay healthy. Adrian Peterson is older than I am. Gibson, they got ten other running backs there. You could pull 100 people on the street and nobody knows who the hell the tight end is there or the wide receiver, too. So just a disaster. I don't mind McLaurin where he's going. Not going to reach for him. This is a team I really want no exposure to. It's not even sneaky to stack this team uh, towards the end of the draft. Sometimes you have teams you can get cheap. You can build a little stack of. I just don't see it here with this team. Regional where the quarterback's going to be. Dean, wait a second. You got to reach for this guy, Beer. I, I want to talk you into this. I, I, th- I think when you take a look at the floor ceiling combinations that are going to come into play for the price for best ball, I think for this specific format, how can you not like the opportunity? Like, let's just say the Redskins are better than we think they are. They're going to be in division with the Giants and with the Eagles, not, not defenses that we are particularly scared of in the passing game. I don't think Dallas is very good. We're going to be in COVID season where we're going to have guys opting out and, and you know, in certainly situations where the cornerback's already one of the most scarce positions in the entire league. If Dwayne Haskins can complete the forward pass at all, how is this guy not going to just have an extremely high floor with ceiling potential to be in the top 12 of wide receivers? I mean, I just look at what this guy could potentially do based on what we saw last year, a guy that they earmarked, especially in preseason, to not even see a snap because they saw the potential that he has. I just think that we haven't even seen the best he has to offer. But, you know, we're working off one season of this guy. I mean, Beer, am I convincing you at all? Can we get excited about McLaren? I mean, I like him. I'm looking at my rankings now. I have him wide receiver 24. So I I don't know how that compares to where you have him. So a a low-end wide receiver, too. The concern is the offense. And if he's the only guy out there, why are we not putting all our coverage on this guy and making Antonio Gandy Golden beat us or whoever else they're going to try to roll out (laughs) at wide receiver? So that's the concern. What a name, by the way. The secret is out (laughs) on this guy, and teams are really going to focus on him this season. So I like him. I just don't want to overreach for a guy. It's the only option in an absolutely terrible offense. Well, let's play the game. Let, let me throw some names out there and see like, who would rather have. Uh, it sounds like, obviously, Jamino's much higher uh, on McLaurin. Cortland uh, Sutton, beer. Sutton or McLaurin? Cortland Sutton, I have wide receiver 19. So give me Sutton. Jamino, I assume you disagree. McLaurin for me. Yeah, so this is uh, Metcalf? Metcalf, I have wide receiver 21. So Metcalf over McLaurin. Yeah. I mean, those guys are right in the same range for me. So I, I, Metcalf is like the same story. I mean, this guy is just a monster. So if you want to go Metcalf, by all means, I still think I'm trying to have more McLaurin. Do we – I mean, guys, I mean, you guys kind of threw him out there as like an injury risk and who really knows and Peterson's there and they have plenty of bodies and is it just to stay away and that's that? There's like no ceiling? I, I just – I mean, this guy's still living on the hype, I think. You know, people are still going back to, well, he could be this and we saw glimpses of this. Well, it's been two seasons and – What's he played? Four games? Five games? So 
I mean, you, you not only deal with the injury risk, it's not like you're getting a big discount on him either. I mean, he's cheaper than he has been, but it's not like he's down in the, the depths of the draft where you're like, oh, well, you know, this guy's got a shot to really outproduce this ADP. So, again, you know, a bad football team, running backs really got to be on a team that can score some points. I just don't see it here at Washington. Underdog fantasy for what it's worth, I'm seeing uh, McLaurin currently is the 20th uh, drafted wide receiver. Uh, Jimeno, is that, is that about right for you? I guess you think it's, he should go earlier and Beer thinks he should be a little bit later. Yeah, it's not that I think he should be going differently. I just think that the, like he's going for like what his median outcome is, where I think yeah. there's, you know, there's a ceiling outcome for best ball that could be a lot higher. So that's why I'm excited about him. Going back to Geist for a second, I mean, the guy's got so many hurdles to become – like like a true best ball winner. I mean, he's got to unseat a Hall of Fame grinder. You know, Riverboat Ronald's the coach right now. I mean, you, can you imagine what he's going to see down near the goal with Adrian Peterson? You know, I mean, I, I mean, obviously they have Antonio Gibson and McKissick back there to do some of the McCaffrey stuff down near the goal. I mean, like like how are you going to assign passing game work? How are you going to assign goal line work to guys? I mean, when you look at what he does, you know, in a microcosm, yes, he if he was given the full workload, he would be awesome. He was super explosive when he played last year, but now you're talking about the injury history layering on top of all this and a season in which missed time is going to be a concern for other reasons. And I just don't see how you can get really excited for Geis uh, at the price. He's got to, he's got to clear so many hurdles. He's going around uh, running back 40 or so. And it sounds like neither one of you guys are particularly thrilled. Can anybody sell me on like a, on a Steven Sims, like last round dart? Yeah, I can. I think when you, when you, t- when you take a look at, you know, Beer mentioned Antonio Gandy-Golden is potentially looking at snaps here. You know, we're, we, we, Jeremy Sprinkle is their tight end. There's the one guy in the street that would name Jeremy Sprinkle. So we got one out of 100 there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, is is Jeremy Sprinkle, is it Richard Rogers? I mean, who even knows what's going to happen? Logan Thomas. Uh, oh, uh, Randy Moss's kid. Yeah, that's not happening. So, I no. mean, we, we are just He's absolutely like – drained of any potential elsewhere in the team. How could Steven Sims not have upside? I mean, now we're talking about upside. I mean, like for the, you know, pick number 190 or whatever, right? I mean, we're talking about like really deep into the draft. But I mean, he's he's been working outside. They say it would be better if he was working in the slot where he was last season. But either way, the guy's just going to be on the field enough pending his own health that I think you have to at least entertain the possibility that he could have a decent season for the price. You got anything else this Washington football team here, uh, Beer? Because it's, you know, it's not a fun conversation, clearly. No, I, I already threw up in my mouth, so I'm ready to move on to the next team. By the way, shout out to Cal, who had the foresight of getting the, the .com. Uh, <laughs> Cal, one of the founders here at RG, I think it was WashingtonFootball.com, and he was paying like the 20 or 30 bucks, whatever, whatever every single year, and he went ahead and sold it. Uh, and, yeah, and he, he donated it to charity, which is awesome, for a scholarship, so uh, – so good for him. That, that was very, very cool. It was good to see. Uh, find that on Twitter, that story. It's good stuff. All right. Uh, Houston is next. Another team that we're really enthused about, right? I mean, they have smart, if nothing else, very smart management, smart coaching there, Beer. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, this is such a well-run organization. I mean, what team does not trade one of the top three wide receivers in the league and then get a washed-up running back uh, in return? So uh, just, just an amazingly run team here is the Houston Texans. But a couple of hot takes for me. We'll start with that running back. I know David Johnson really starting to creep up uh, the running back rankings. David Johnson will be an absolute bust this season. I, I think he's going Oof. way too high. People are trying to go back to the guy that was the number one running back in all of fantasy. Let's look at his fit here with the Houston Texans. He does not run between the tackles. 
very well. The Houston Texans do not do a good job of, of throwing the running back the football. You have another Johnson there who's maybe a better pass catcher in Duke Johnson. So where is all this David Johnson production coming from? You know, and you can make the Carlos Hyde argument. Great. Carlos Hyde was like a 12th round pick. You're having to spend a third round pick, fourth round pick for David Johnson here. So absolute bust on the other side, uh, under a guy that you want to target, in my opinion, is Will Fuller. Such untapped potential. The injury concerns are absolutely real, but this guy can put some massive games on the board. Hopkins is not there. Brandon Cooks is alongside of him, who I don't mind either. You see those guys kind of go together in drafts, but Will Fuller is an absolute value here in these best ball drafts this year. Jamino, this is the fire I want. This is the best ball hot take, hot take show presented by Underdog Fantasy. That was a hot take. David Johnson is toast. He's, and by the way, I think he's only like, what, 27, 28 years old? He's still, I mean, plenty of old. Old 28, though. Well, the oldest, Tiger always like the oldest 25-year-old man alive. Yes. I think he's like, yeah. But uh, and every, do you mean everybody remembers that the one gift or the one play where David Johnson looked like a, a 90-year-old man getting a handoff last year? It was like the worst play. I think it was the only play of the game. And a lot of us in the DFS world, we played him and just he was terrible for the most part. But of course, several years back, he was amazing. He's going around running, running back 20. Uh, is beer onto something, or are you seeing some upside? It's, it's warm. I think, if you, I think you can still put your hand on the stove here. And, like, I think a lot of people are kind of on this David Johnson is washed train. And I, I don't think – I'm not going to have a, a strong take on this. I, I, I don't really know. I mean, the guy was once the, – the team jam him in with Le'Veon Bell, another guy that I'm just not going to take, like, a fire stance on this season. I think both of those guys – are likelier to have mediocre seasons than league winning seasons, but where they're getting drafted, I'm just not going to kill anyone for wanting to have that kind of imagination. The Will Fuller take is a more interesting take to me. I think that if you like 10 touchdowns, you'll take Will Fuller. If you like guys who are going to ascend from having just vertical downfield passing roles to having short and intermediate roles on a team that's going to have to throw it all day because they can't run it. They can't block anybody in the run game. And if you want to, give a reason for David Johnson to fail. It's that particular reason alone. Uh, I'm looking at Will Fuller as one of my, another one of my favorite wide receiver targets that you can get round seven, eight, nine, somewhere in that range. And you can just absolutely potentially have yourself a, you know, low end WR2. Maybe, you know, if things go perfectly, WR1. I mean, we're talking about Brandon Cooks as his competition. Brandon Cooks is nothing to write home about. Whereas Will Fuller was 17th in pro football focuses, predictive yards per route run metric. I just love Will Fuller, and I think Beer's onto something there. It's interesting. Beer started saying washed up. I thought he was talking about washed up wide receiver. That's where, So they got a washed up running back and a washed up receiver in Randall Cobb. Uh, that's what they replaced their stud uh, Hopkins with. Uh, all right, talk to Beer as far as Fuller. Now he's going around wide receiver 29 or so. Obviously value it matters and where you draft guys matters, but just going back for a second, uh, do you prefer him? Or do you prefer uh, McLaurin? I have McLaurin ranked. I have those guys back-to-back. So I I have Will Fuller right now, wide receiver 25. I continue to move him up, though. So he's going to end up probably closer to wide receiver 20 uh, in my next uh, set of projections here. So it's just a big fan. And and the concern is the injuries. And and we know that's real. You have to factor that in. But you also can't play scared and avoid every guy that's ever had an injury or an injury history. Uh, So I'm willing to take the shot on him. I think this is a fantastic stack. Uh, you're getting nice value on Deshaun Watson as well, who's kind of fallen behind Dak and Kyler Murray and some other names up there. So he's a guy I've seen available in the, in the seventh round. I was doing a draft the other night. 
Deshaun Watson is still there. So there's a nice mid-round pairing. You know, you go back-to-back and grab Fuller, Watson, Cooks, even I don't mind. But I think it's a very stackable team. I'm avoiding the running backs. Duke Johnson, I just don't know if there's going to be enough there for him to even be a value. But uh, Watson and Fuller are definitely guys that I'm planning to pull the trigger on. When that value stops, when it drops, people are afraid of Will Fuller. It's too risky. I want to be the guy taking those risks. I don't want to sit back and play the safe. I want to win $200,000. I want Will Fuller to be a part of that because he can put some monster numbers on the board. Yeah, we hear both strategies in this, Jimena. We talk about spike weeks, and spike weeks and Will Fuller are synonymous uh, when it comes to best ball. But also you kind of sort of want a floor as well too. Uh, I mean, is that something you factor in? Is that something you care about? Or are you just like, you know, that's not something that goes in your thought process as far as drafting players? Well, again, I think that we will see a floor with Will Fuller this year if he's, you know, pending his health. I mean, last, I mean, we had Hopkins, you know, sort of dominating that, you know, first down throw, you know, eight, nine, 10 yard, you know, in breaking route type of a situation, or even, you know, even on the sideline, you know, doing, doing a little dance move out there with the back shoulder throw. I mean, who's going to get those targets right now? I mean, are they going to go to Cobb underneath? Are they going to check down to Duke Johnson? Are they going to try to get Brandon Cooks doing something that he hasn't really particularly done well in his career? I think it's going to be Fuller who's going to be the number one option in the passing game, and I think that that could give him a higher floor than people think. Uh, We have Cooks going around wide receiver 38. Jamino, is that too high, too low, or about right? It's probably about right. I think that you could take chances on him, although – he has not really proven to be much of anything in terms of consistency. So you're, you're basically looking at like a dart throw and you better have a bunch of wide receivers ahead of him. You don't really want to be taking shots with him as your, you know, one of your top three or four guys. Here, if you think David Johnson is toast, why not get some value in Duke uh, running back 45 or is that it's, it's already kind of baked into his draft spot. Cause I think they're going to try to make this David Johnson thing work. You, you have to justify this trade, you know, in, in a, in a, this yeah. poor run organization is going to do things like that and worry about what are the fans thinking and we got to get David Johnson the ball. How, how could we possibly trade away DeAndre Hopkins? So I just don't know how much work is going to be there for Duke. I, I was super excited when he went there last season, thought he was going to be the guy and you know, they, they brought in Carlos Hyde and that was the end of that story. So it just feels like leftovers. And it's one of those guys that maybe catches you three, four balls a game. It's really not moving the needle much to, to even add him at the end of the roster and be excited about it. You're talking about Watson going, what, being available with what, round seven, round eight, or something like that, and he's quarterback five, quarterback six, depending on where you're looking. Uh, generally speaking, the Sharps tell me that you're supposed to wait on quarterback when it comes to best ball. Uh, Beer, is this somebody? Is, a, is this a strategy you have? Is it sort of fluid based upon what the draft gives you? Did you take Watson when you saw him at seven or eight, or you're just like, no, I'm not drafting a quarterback this early? I generally want to wait, you know, but you always want to be fluid as well. I think ideally you want to have a plan and, and some ideas and, and a structure, but uh, the draft can always uh, cause that to be thrown out the window. So I did not take him and ended up, I probably should have and waited a little bit too long in that draft and, and ended up with Cam Newton and Gardner Minshew, who are guys that I like later on, you know, some guys with some upside. We'll see if Cam ends up being the starter there. But, you know, at that point when guys like that are available and, you can make the same case with, with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. If they start falling far enough, well, I'm going to throw that plan out the window and grab these guys. You know what you're going to get. You said it, you forget it, and you can really then pound the other position. So the plan, yes, ideally is wait it out, grab your late-round quarterback. And there's a lot of guys, uh, Jamino and I both like, that that are you know quarterback 17, 18. After the 20s, there's still names available. But, 
you know, when some of these top five, six guys last till round seven, round eight, you've already filled out pretty much your starting lineup. I don't hate grabbing them when the value falls. Yeah, Roethlisberger is one of those guys we talked about on a previous show. I know you guys both liked. Jimmy, you have a take on that? I'm warming up to the idea of taking a quarterback a little earlier, but I'm je- you know, I'd like to get Carson Wentz a little bit later, right? Like there's a guy that I'd – example of a guy I'd like to target who I think can be in that production range that I think you can draft later than you have to draft Watson, later than you have to draft Kyler Murray and Russ Wilson and Dak Prescott. But I think all those guys – you know, I think they, they could have big seasons. And Watson in particular, because I think that team's going to be struggling on defense – I think that there could be a lot of shootout scenarios. I think there's a lot of potential bad defenses in play for that schedule. I just think that Watson has the upside. I, I just I don't know how often I'm going to get there because I want to construct my rosters waiting on the quarterback, but I'm, I'm not going to glue myself to it. Have you adjusted your rankings for Russell Wilson with the new video, his new nickname, Mr. Unlimited? Does that change things for you guys? Do you guys see this or no? I, mean, I have not guys seen this, Dean. So now it's on my to-do list for after the show. So <laughs> it's it's wild. Sounds like you it's groundbreaking. It. If I'm going to be adjusting rankings, this better be good. He gave himself. First of all, I don't know what the rules are, but I'm pretty sure you can't give yourself a nickname or your own alias. Maybe your own alias. I'm not really sure, but he's called, he's dubbed himself Mister Unlimited, and it's a wild video. And I, I encourage you and all the listeners out there to <laughs> to check it out. It's definitely worth something. Well, Beer, you mentioned something. You said you drafted two quarterbacks, uh, Minshew and Cam. Uh, generally, as far as like roster construction, do you want two quarterbacks? Do you want three quarterbacks? Was there another person you didn't mention? Oh, I, I threw in Fitzpatrick in the last round. So, I mean, I generally want – if I have two absolute studs, uh, you're, you're playing it a little risky because if you get an injury, you're down to mm-hmm. one guy. So, for the most part, I want to take three. But there are some scenarios where I'll just go with the two guys and you hope for the best and you load up at a different position – Maybe you're thin at wide receiver, tight end. Use that spot there. But for the most part, I feel good about having three guys. Are we going to acknowledge the existence of Darren Fells or Jordan uh, or Jordan Akins, or are they basically like worse than Jeremy Sprinkle? It's it's pretty bad. I mean, that that's a tight end <laughs> room. You, you just never know who it's going to be. I mean, Darren Fells comes out of nowhere and scores 38 touchdowns last season. So you never know. You know, they want to – they keep drafting these guys. They want to work in these young guys. Then they have a veteran there. So – uh, I guess late, 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 but uh, I don't even have these guys on my rankings. That's how far off I am on these Houston tight ends. All right. Segue to Mr. Unlimited, the Seattle Seahawks. Jamino, talk to me about Russell Wilson. Well, he's going to be running for his life again this season because their offensive line doesn't look to be seeing any type of improvement. So I, I can imagine another season that's a little bit like we've seen in the past seasons for Rush, Russ Wilson, except for the passing Options around him have improved slightly. The rushing options uh, have some question marks still. I mean, you know, Carson's coming off injury. Penny's not going to be available at the start of the season. Carlos Hyde stinks. So I just think that we're looking at this passing game as far as the wide receivers are concerned as great options to target in best ball. And Russell Wilson is almost definitely going to be productive again. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks. I just can see this, you know, being a situation where he's going to have massive production now, when you start layering on price to Russell Wilson, it's not as easy to get there. But I think from a raw production standpoint, it's going to be another fantastic fantasy season for Russell Wilson. Yeah, top five quarterback. The question I always have, and, you know, this is a DFS conversation too, is, you know, Beer, if Pete Carroll had his druthers, you know, they, they would let Russ, Russ not cook and throw the ball like 20 times and grind it in the ground, three yards cloud of dust. He's living in like 1997 with his offense. Unless, of course, they're down, then all of a sudden Russ goes nuts. 
will will they let Russ cook finally or not so much? I, I mean, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks is what they tell me. So, I mean, yeah. they all, it seems like they want, they'd say that, yeah, let's do that. And I don't know how you have this guy on your team and you just don't unleash him. Like if we had Waste. fourth court, we had fourth quarter Russ for four quarters. He's number one quarterback. I, I'm taking him over everybody, but unfortunately we're not going to get that. And are they going to change their ways? I, I have a hard time believing that. So still like him. I have him quarterback six. I do feel like there is a little bit of a drop off. I have Watson ahead of him. I just don't know how many times they're, they're going to throw the ball. And the weapons are certainly there. Metcalf, Lockett are two guys I'm very high on. I have Lockett ahead of Metcalf. I think a lot of people have it the other way around. And Metcalf, yeah, he's going to give you those spike weeks, but so will Tyler Lockett. I think he's going to give you a little more consistency as well. And then you have the Josh Gordon talk. You know, they bring in Greg Olson. We know they love to utilize the tight end spot. So uh, you're dealing with an offense that we don't know how much they're going to throw the ball. That's the concern here. Are they going to add any more pieces to this team? You know, Antonio Brown's name's been thrown around here as well. So I like Russ. Uh, probably not a guy that I would draft because at that point, I would rather wait for a Carson Wentz, uh, like Jamino mentioned, or a Matthew Stafford, things like that. So won't have a ton of Russ Wilson, but I do really like Lockett and Metcalf at their prices. I'm not afraid to reach on either of those guys. Yeah, I'm pulling up uh, as far as the ADP on Underdog Fantasy. Lockett right now, wide receiver 19. Metcalf, Jamino is wide receiver 21. So they're basically the same. Uh, Lockett right ahead of them. Do you agree with that? I agree with that. That's not how I've been seeing it elsewhere. But, you know, at the end of the day – you know, you've got a top six deep target receiver from a top board, top four deep ball thrower. So we've got spike week potential here with Tyler Lockett. In addition to that, we've seen in, in the last couple of seasons that he can get a little bit of volume as well. So when you have these big week potential, some, some, you know, some formats you'll find out there give you bonuses for drafting a guy like Tyler Lockett. Underdog fantasy is still going to be fine because there's touchdown potential. They'll probably do one of those cute little dances when they get in the end zone like they did last year when you see, you ever see the Seahawks uh, end zone dances, Dean? You get points for that? You, you don't get fantasy points for that, do you? You should. Yeah, you get entertainment you value. Sure. I'm on board with that. Have a good time. Enjoy yourself. I'm liking Tyler Lockett big time. I think he's a great value in drafts. Agree with Beer totally here. I, I think Metcalf is fine. I think you can – if you want to go for the upside because, you know, certainly we saw in the playoffs last year, Metcalf can absolutely explode. I, I and This is year one, physical freak. I mean, if you want to take either one of these guys, by all means, do it. I'm favoring Lockett at the moment, but I'm not killing anyone for taking Metcalf. Uh, let's talk about Carson Beer. Uh, around 20, right back 25 or so is what I'm seeing. Let's see what the most recent ADP is. I'm kind of scrolling for it, but does that sound about right for you? And are you are you bullish? Are you bearish? Or it's just like if he falls to you, so be it. You're not seeking him out, but if it makes sense at the time, you'll click on his name. So I have him RB20, so a little bit higher than ADP, but uh, not a guy that I, you know, I'm overly like, I have to have Chris Carson when I get to that point of the draft. You know, I, I have Melvin Gordon right ahead of him, and I that Melvin Gordon's a guy like fourth round, I want Melvin Gordon. And then Chris Carson, I'm like, eh, okay. You know, if I, if I need to, to, to fill a hole or, or fill a spot, I'll take him. So, yes, higher than ADP, but – not a guy I'm going to go and like reach to in the top 15 to grab here. I mean, there's injury concerns. Uh, what are they going to do with Carlos Hyde? I agree. He stinks, but they brought him in. They're probably going to give him work. Are they just going to toss Rashad Penny aside when he does come back? So a, a bad offensive line. I mean, there, there's still a lot of questions here with Chris Carson. Jimino, I'm seeing uh, an underdog fantasy currently. looks like Carson's uh, one, running back 17 uh, right before Melvin Gordon and Fournette. Is that, uh, that kind of like what you're thinking? 
No, that's too high for me. I have him uh, somewhere in the 20s as far as running backs concerned. Look, I think you're going – if you got Chris Carson for 16 games at full Chris Carson potential, yeah, I think he would probably be one of the best running backs you could draft. But I don't think – I just don't see that as a high likelihood given his history, given what we're seeing right now with the Seahawks as uh, in terms of their backfield situation. I'm not in love with Chris Carson. I think it's somebody that you're probably going to get, like the kind of production you're drafting. Like, you know, you're running back three, running back two. You know, you're not – you're definitely not getting RB1 from what I'm seeing from Chris Carson. I just don't think he's going to play enough games at full potential. Uh, best tight end we've seen so far in this batch of teams is Greg Olson. Uh, old man, old man, Greg Olson beer and any, any interest there or not so much anymore. I mean, just because they do utilize the tight end spot, uh, it's intriguing. Uh, now, are they going to mix in some of these other guys? Is, is Will Disley going to, going to be back in the mix here at all? Uh, Jacob Hollister had some games that, that were okay. So I have Olson tight end 22. So again, you, you know, if you wait, and wait, wait, and you need a late guy, he gives you that veteran presence. I could see him scoring five, six touchdowns. I, I don't think he's ever going to give you massive spike weeks. So, uh, blah, I guess it, it is what I could say for Greg Olson. I'm not overly excited about him either. You got anything to add there to that, Jamino, or it's a sort of meh? It, it's definitely meh for me right now with the tight end situation. This is another one where, you know, if you gave me any one of these guys for sure as the lead dog for 16 games, I might be more interested. I just can't, I can't peg that, and I, I don't want to make too many bets on it. Give me this, Jimmy, before we move on. Uh, you, the, the player on Seattle you're most likely to draft and the player on Seattle you're least likely to draft based upon their current ADP. I'm definitely most likely to draft Tyler Lockett the way that I'm trying to build my best ball rosters. And I am least likely to draft Chris Carson right now, the, where he's going. He's going in, a, in an area where I'm looking to draft wide receivers. Beer, same question. Likely to draft Lockett, probably least likely to grab Russell Wilson. All right, let's move on. You don't. You're gonna watch that video, and you're you're gonna change your mind. I'm telling I, you. I will keep you updated. If I slide, I mean, he's sitting QB six for me. So if I'm impressed by this video, maybe he's into that top five. I'll let you know. It's pretty wild. It's just awesome. I mean, I'm sorry, him I'm giving himself a nickname that that might knock him down a few pegs. Actually, I mean, you, you just don't <laughs> hand out your own nicknames. If you're good enough, though, and he is good enough, I mean, you know, uh, like I can't like give it. myself my own nickname. We got to come I up. I guess I kind of did with the almanac. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. Of course, Jamino, you're a part of Bills Mafia. Uh, you don't get any points for breaking tables, uh, but they did add Stephon Diggs. Are we excited about that? Are we excited about the Bills prospect? And you know, who do you want to open up with? Oh, Josh Allen. He's always a lot of fun too. Yeah. So you've got a team that has done a great job building and a complete roster for real NFL wins. You have to like what the Bills are doing, of course, I'm still waiting with bated breath to see what Trey Davis White's going to do today, that we're going to get that news whether or not he's going to opt out of the season. But even so, I think that this defense can probably survive uh, without him. It's just they won't be nearly as good. Uh, Josh Allen, let's get to the point for fantasy football. Uh, his price point is a little bit difficult for me to stomach. Uh, he's somebody that's definitely been reliant a lot on his rushing ability, and we're, we should expect to see that. But I'm just not looking to to try to pay a premium price tag for him when, you know, we just talked about a whole handful of guys that I like better that are basically costing the same amount. Uh, the team itself has just drafted a grinder running back in the draft to play the role of Frank Gore 2.0. They yeah. would probably rather not get into high scoring shootout types of games 
And I just think when it comes to fantasy football, you can draft Josh Allen's production for either cheaper or pay up more and get higher upside. That's what we need in 2020 beer grinder running backs. Yeah. I mean, come on. Nope. I'm good with it. Uh, The hot take here is Devin Singletary is vastly overrated right now. And I, and I like the player, you know, he came into the league and he's slow. He's this, he's that. This guy just has a good football IQ. If you watch him, he can play the game. He can get it done despite some of those limitations. But they bring in Zach Moss. They don't want to feature Devin Singletary. How much – look, answer me this. How much work is he going to get around the goal line? You, you bring in big old Zach Moss. You have Josh Allen, who we know loves to run the ball down there. Yeah. Well, what's left for Devin Singletary? So now he's got to be a guy that goes out and catches 70 passes to be a value, and they're not going to have that much opportunity for him. So – as much as I love the player, you have to look at the situation, and Jamino nailed it. This is one hell of a football team, top to bottom. Real life, they are going to compete and probably win that division this year, but we're playing fantasy. We need upside. We need guys that can outproduce where they're being drafted. I don't see it here with any Buffalo Bills. So Singletary, overrated. Stephon Diggs is going to be overdrafted based on his name. I don't know how many targets are going to be available. The one guy I can make a case for here is John Brown, who will go overlooked because people are going to say Stefan Diggs is there. What's left? John John Brown still brings that deep ball ability. Josh Allen not afraid to throw that deep ball. This may help open some things up for John Brown. So he's a guy I see sliding down the draft boards, and I think that's a mistake. So Devin Singletary overdrafted. John Brown vastly underdrafted here for Buffalo. Your thoughts, Demita? You want to know what the Ravens would look like if they weren't blowing teams out? Like just to, like it's like the Ravens that don't blow people out. That's what the Bills are going to be this year. So you're not going to get like the super, super high rushing production to go along with the passing production from Allen. I, I just I just want to stay away from the situation as much as possible for fantasy, even though I think that they'll win football games. I, I think Diggs is fine. Uh, you know, he'll probably have some spike weeks, but I, I just I don't see this as your path to like the the, the million dollar roster, you know, to win the underdog fantasy, you know, giant contest. I mean, are you really picturing Buffalo bills on that contest right now where they're being priced? I don't think so. I don't think you're getting anywhere close to the combination of Florence Hill and that you want. As you look ahead and especially in this year, people always say, well, this is their playoff schedule week four. And like, who even knows who's going to be playing at that point? Who knows if they are going to be playing? Uh, how much do you care about that stuff here? Because and you don't even know who's going to be good. and Who's not going to be good. We're wrong all the time on that. I think it's fine to, to look at it and factor it in, but it shouldn't be at the top of your list of things, especially this season. We, we don't know who's even going to be on these defenses to begin with. We know defenses, one year they're good, the next year, look at Jacksonville. They, they fall off a cliff. You have defenses that you don't think are going to be good, like a New Orleans that comes out of nowhere or Tampa Bay uh, that's just great against the run. So I, I take a peek at it. You know, if, if it's very egregious, like they have th- – three, four teams that are going to be horrendous, and we know that, okay, that, you know, that's kind of the, the tiebreaker usually in, in my scenarios. But uh, some of these bigger tournaments, it probably has more validity. Uh, I remember playing in the draft best ball championships, and you try to backload and prepare for those last few weeks. So certainly something you should be looking at. I don't think it should be at the top of the list of things you're looking at, though. Uh, back to Allen for a second, by the way. I'm looking at the ADP stuff on, on Underdog Fantasy. Uh, as far as quarterback specifically, uh, Kyler Murray, 69 overall, Wilson, uh, 72 overall, Watson, 76 overall. Uh, this is the quarterback run. And then Allen at 83. He's basically packed with all those guys. And it sounds like both you guys have him last. Is that correct, Beers? Like, is he the back end of a tier? 
I have him QB eight. So he, I have Watson's kind of the cutoff of my top tier, uh, top five guys. Then I have Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, and Josh Allen as another tier, but uh, he's below Wentz for me. And when he gets drafted, that's kind of my alarm. And I'm glad Jamino brought up Wentz because I think he could be the guy in this range that can really do some damage for you and win you one of these tournaments. So you have him going off the board. Now it's like, okay, I got to start thinking about Carson Wentz if I want to grab him here. I, I've rarely seen Wentz go ahead of Josh Allen. So you, you set those indicators for yourself if you really want a guy paying attention to ADP, knowing where guys are going is so important. We hear so much about ADP. I don't think people use it properly. They, they use it as kind of a, this is where I have to take this guy. To me, it's more of an indicator of where my guys are going to go when I need to grab them. Jamila, your thoughts on that. And Diggs is going around wide receiver 27. Is that about right? Too high, too low? That's that sounds about right to me. And I'm taking a bunch of, I'm taking everyone ahead of him, probably ahead of him. Like I, I just don't, I don't want to get fancy with, with Stefan Diggs here. Like we're not going to see the situation that we saw last year with Kirk Cousins and uh, Adam Thielen just sort of being a triumvirate of all the passing game production. Albeit Buffalo doesn't have all kinds of different passing options, but also the somehow the Bills passing offense will be even lower volume than what the Vikings were. So just no thanks on Stefan Diggs if I can help it. Beer, what about the, the one who knocks at tight end? Any interest in Dawson? Uh, I mean – some, I mean, I, I it's, again, it's kind of like, it's kind of the theme of the show here. Like all these tight ends are kind of like, man, I mean, if that's where I end up, if I waited too long and I need to get somebody, sure. I mean, I do think this kid has some talent. If you watch him, they, you know, they'll get him the ball very creative ways. But again, how much volume is there? And he's the, yeah. the fourth, fifth best option at best in, in a very low volume offense to begin with. So uh, you're not going to get spike weeks out of him. So uh, pretty far down on, on the tight end list, to be honest. Probably no spike weeks for uh, Cole Beasley either. Every week he's going to give yeah, you that, like, yeah, five no. for 40, <laughs> more yeah, or less. I mean, five for 40, some people, that's their thing. Uh, no good. No <laughs> thanks for me. Uh, your thoughts on those two guys there, Jamina? Uh, Dawson Knox, if you just it's completely desperate at tight end, if you've really held off and you didn't get the guys that you were actually looking for, I don't mind just, like, an emergency pick of Dawson Knox. I, I mean, it, it – no, grant you, you're going to have to run really, really good touchdown-wise for to get there with a guy like Knox. But he's certainly got some athletic ability and some talent that could supersede where people are drafting him. So I think that as an emergency pick, he, he's someone that I'll probably have a handful of. Uh, I will have almost zero Cole Beasley if I have any at all. And it would be only as like the round 20, like there's just it, – it's impossible to find anyone with upside. When is Cole Beasley going to ascend to be – a league winner. Like if you're picking anyone at the end of these drafts and especially playing for these big money tournaments, you definitely want to pick somebody who has at least a shot in hell of becoming someone who could like randomly through injury, become a player that can win you a league. Cole Beasley is never going to do that. No. Yeah. That sounds all right. Um, I mean, all right. Even, even if Diggs and John Brown both go down, I, I mean, are we, are we even excited about Cole Beasley at that point? I mean, so I agree. There's just no upside there. It's Gabriel Davis season. It's somebody uh, see it ain't Cole Beasley season. I know that. <laughs> uh, same questions as before. Let's do. Let's run that back. Uh, Beer, uh, the player you're most likely to draft on Buffalo and the least likely guy. Uh, John Brown for me. Uh, I think it's great value. It's one of those guys later in the draft that does have upside. Uh, and if something were to happen to Diggs, we saw what he can do in a wide receiver one role. The least likely is Devin Singletary. I mean, people are going off the last season and. You have a, a much younger 
Frank Gore in there now, a guy I think can play, and Zach Moss. So uh, Singletary being drafted way too high for my taste. All right, Jamino. I'm most likely to fade the entire team than draft any of these guys. And wow. the, the, so I'm technically least likely to draft any of them, but the least of all, I agree Devin Singletary is a player that I will have. Not is this like. an emotional hedge? Like you're rooting for the Bills, but like you don't want to – either way you win, if they do – or not so much. Keep in mind, no. I've, been watch, I've been watching the Bills since they were in those Super Bowls, Dean. I have no problem <laughs> fading the Bills. <laughs> I was I – I didn't think you were that old. I was a Hussnellers fan back in the day, and uh, Andre Reid stepped out. He stepped out of bounds, and he came back in, and that was nonsense, and that's what led to the 30-point comeback or whatever it was. I'm still angry 35, about 35, 38-3. It was this guy. I remember that game. It was insane. Oh. Dean, if you recall, the Houston franchise got us back some years later with the old uh, – lateral kickoff so don't worry was, about was it, it. a we lateral it. or was it a forward pass do we know well they got us don't worry <laughs> good old frank wycheck uh last but not least let's move on to the indianapolis colts uh philip rivers and his 27 kids well he's just gonna be the quarterback i guess the kids will be written on somewhere but uh yeah rivers is now manning the colts uh ne- not really excited about philip rivers here uh Jonathan taylor the running back with mac also there as well too uh, overall thought process as far as his team how are we attacking it from a fantasy, fantasy perspective for you beer What's jumping out for you? I, I really like this team. I, I think there's a lot of different things that, that are both underrated and overrated on this team. We can start with Phillip Rivers. I'm out. No, thank you. If you watch <laughs> this guy last, you want to talk about washed. Phillip Rivers is done. I mean, <laughs> you, you watch the guy throw the football. I don't even know how he even got in the league with this, this sidearm technique. And he, had some good, he had some good years. He had his times. But those days are done. So, Phillip Rivers, I'm out on. Some of the receivers, intriguing. T.Y. Hilton, I'm out on him as well. I like Michael Pittman a lot, but you have to worry about rookie rookies this season, especially wide receivers. You know, rookie running backs, it's an easier transition, but these receivers without any reps, it's going to be really hard uh, to get them going. So as much as I like him, probably passing on him as well. The guy I really want to talk about here, and, and I hope it's not my homerism, but I love me some Jonathan Taylor here uh, behind this offensive line, which we know is just a bunch of road grinders. So. Jonathan Taylor, I think, initially was being drafted too high. But now the hate's gone a little too far. I think he's being underdrafted at this point. So Jonathan Taylor, underdrafted. Rivers, no thank you. T.Y. Hilton, no thank you. Jack Doyle, a guy I do like. I don't want to talk about all the guys here. Of course, I just named them all. I'm going to give some time <laughs> to my boy Jamino. The point is, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be fantastic on this team. Fits so well behind this line. I think he will catch passes. I think Marlon Mack will be involved, but uh, this is Taylor's backfield. All right, let's start with Taylor. Uh, first of all, this is interesting because I pulled up the the underdog fantasy ADP currently stuff right now, and it's only been you know for a couple of days, whatever it is, so it's not a huge sample size, I guess. But uh, take for this what you will. Taylor is drafted twenty as, as the running back, number twenty running back overall, and the uh, aforementioned David Johnson twenty one. I'm assuming you prefer Taylor over Johnson, right, Beer? Taylor all day. I have Taylor RB 17 right now and, and probably going to move him up even a little higher. Uh, Jamino, a really, really sharp person told me that I'm not allowed to draft rookies in COVID season. Uh, can I make an exception here with Taylor? Well, Dean, do you like 99th percentile speed scores with upper percentile bursts in agility with the number one offensive line on a team that has proven they want to run two tight end sets and get the ball in the hands of their playmaking backs. Do you do you like that, Dean? Do you like Is that rhetorical? It's rhetorical, Dean. You like Jonathan Taylor. I know you do. <laughs> this is not just some regular like run of the mill prospect. And look, and look, running backs are the ones that you would lean towards anyway. 
right? Like you, you definitely want to be cognizant of the price here with Jonathan Taylor. He is rather expensive and they still do have Marlon Mack, who's pretty good the last time I checked. But I do think that Taylor is going to be very difficult to keep off of the field and that this is going, they called it a one, one punch. They're going to have Taylor and Mack sort of splitting the duty. Like we've seen with some other, you know, you know, like think Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara type situation, right? Like if this offense is actually getting a lot of production on the ground, you could see both Taylor and Mac have decently respectable seasons. I, you know, again, for fantasy, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure that Jonathan Taylor is going to be the guy that's going to get you where you want to go in these best ball tournaments, but I definitely love him as a player. And I could see if Matt goes down, there is a scenario where Taylor is huge. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, you know, you love him in the dome. You know, he, ha- he has those spike weeks as well, too. Uh, health always a concern with him. Uh, I'm seeing running back, wide receiver 27. At least this is like not too long ago. I want to see the update as far as underdog fantasy. Uh, are you a Hilton guy, Jamino, or I feel like you're not? I, something tells me you're not for some reason. No, I got a hot take here as far as who is most interesting to me in the passing game. It's not T.Y. Hilton, and it's not even Michael Pittman, but we're just talking about Hilton right now. I mean, he's a little banged up as he – I feel like he's always banged up, but then you look, he never really misses games. He always ends up playing through the injury. Uh, situation right now with him is I, I think that they definitely want to run the ball and, and sort of have that that mentality where they are – they're using those backs as the centerpiece of their offense. And I just don't expect – like a massive season from Hilton. I do think he'll be productive for the price and I'm fine. If you want to like take a flyer on him, if he falls, but he's not someone I'm being proactive about. Um, Dean, they run two tight end sets here and Jack Doyle is all well and good, but like you can draft, you can draft Trey Burton in the 20th round. Yes. Like if you're trying to play these best ball tournaments, I think Trey Burton's a play that you should be looking at trying to get to a little bit here. They've been talking him up recently. It wasn't that long ago that he was in Frank Reich's offensive system being very productive for the Eagles. I'm, you know, I'm looking at his run with the bears. It was rather unfortunate. There were some injuries. It was, he was on the bears quite frankly, which is never a good sign for any fantasy player lately, it seems. So I'm looking at Trey Burton here on the Colts as a potential revitalization project. Beer, you got excited when you heard Trey Burton. I love it. I mean, it's such a good fit in this offense and not to mention Phillip Rivers loves throwing the tight ends. Look at his history with the chargers. That, that guy fed the tight ends all day long. So I do like Doyle as well, but I have Trey Burton ranked ahead of our, uh, the guy we just talked about, Dawson, Dawson Knox. So that's how much I'm, I'm excited about Trey Burton. He's going to be a big part of this offense. And one other name we didn't bring up, I think does have some upside late in your drafts is Paris Campbell, uh, who we saw just dealt with a ton of injuries, but this guy's a playmaker, you know, go back to his Ohio state days and you put the ball in his hands, good things happen. And, I think that's going to happen here. Pittman getting acclimated. Eventually he becomes the, the Vincent Jackson is what I keep hearing of this offense. That's all fine and good down the road, but they're going to need somebody initially. And I think Paris Campbell, the cheaper version of what T.Y. Hilton can do. Here confirmed and I, I'm sorry, Jimino. I'm a little skeptical on Paris Campbell. I mean, I think that there's definitely some talent here. He's like a, he's, he's an athletic type of, of a guy. He's got a lot of speed. Uh, last year, like Beer mentioned, he was dealing with injuries, so we never really got to see him take off. But I just think the offensive system doesn't really lend itself well to what he can do. I feel I see him as kind of a run-after-the-catch guy, and I don't really see him as the kind of guy who's going to, at any point, ascend to pure number one status. Like you said, if you're taking some of these guys later in the draft, I think you would probably like to have some inkling of that. I just see him as sort of a, a timeshare guy throughout the 2020 season. 
I'm scrolling through. I'm trying to see where Trey Burton's going, an underdog, and I can't really find him. Oh, he's not going. He's not going. Undrafted. Yeah, he's probably not even on the list. Wow. Okay, he's, he's not even. Go, he's not even being drafted. I'm seeing he was 27 according to our stuff. Uh, I guess I don't really know how accurate that is of late, but that is interesting. Uh, but you like him. So basically, take him in the last round. Is that the thought process here? That's for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't hate that either. Especially if you do end up with Rivers. I mean, the pairing makes sense. But even if not, I think he's going to have a bigger role than people realize. And Doyle is this going a little bit too early? I I think there's value on Doyle as well. I mean, can he stay yeah. on the field? Is the question here. So you know, it wouldn't shock me to see these two guys kind of cannibalize each other. So why not take the cheaper of the two guys? Jimena, do you expect, like, kind of like we say Seattle should be, like, you know, taking advantage of Russ. We also say that Phillip Rivers is toast and he's old. And, like, Seattle, what they're doing and they, what they want to do is what Indianapolis probably should do, even though it's 2020 you should be throwing the ball. But is that what we're saying? Like, they're probably best suited to run the ball here? I don't think that's how Frank Reich's going to run his offense. I think they're going to try yeah. to find some balance. Like, they're not going to go full Schottenheimer on us. You know, they're going to definitely have the passing game involved with what they're trying to do. I just think that – they, you know, they're going to have an element of their offense in which they won't have two and three wide receivers producing fantasy relevant numbers. When you talk about getting to the top of the best ball tournament, you might find one of those guys if you're lucky. But otherwise, I'm looking at the backs and the tight ends as the primary options here in Indianapolis. Why not trade Frank Reich for Pete Carroll? That makes all the sense in the world. Does it not here? I mean, now we get it with this. If, if Pete Carroll had this offensive line, Russell Wilson would be like quarterback 38. <laughs> <laughs> it would never throw the ball. All right. Uh, Beer, the player on Indianapolis you're most likely to draft and the player you're least likely to draft. And get a hot take as far as the entire show on the ready. Uh, get one in the chamber for you because I'm going to ask you in a second. But uh, as far as Indianapolis specific, your favorite player considering ATP, uh, ADP and your least favorite. I like Jonathan Taylor. We know that. I like Trey Burton. I'm glad he came up. I like Paris Campbell. So the answer the one is Jonathan Taylor. I'm willing to risk it on him. And you may bur- you may get burned paying that price for him. You can get a guy like J.K. Dobbins way later in the draft, some of these other rookies, but I do think there's tremendous upside behind that offensive line. Least likely to draft. You know I hate Phillip Rivers, but I'll say T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I just think people are going to overpay for the name there as well. Do you mean know? I think I'm going to be most likely to – I'm going to be most likely to draft one of the backs, either Mac or Jonathan Taylor, and I'll probably be least likely to draft Phillip Rivers. Hey, Bear, let me ask you this. The five teams we talked about today, Washington, Houston, Seattle, Buffalo, Indianapolis, uh, which is your favorite team to try to get a stack? I want to say Indianapolis, but I don't want Phillip Rivers. So I'm going to have to say Seattle here just because we know Russ can put up those numbers when they need him to, and that will greatly affect the wide receivers, as we know, and pretty limited tree. Even if they bring Josh Gordon in, we know it's going to be a lot of Lockett and Metcalf. So it may be challenging getting both of those guys since they get drafted so closely together, but maybe you're on a a four or five turn and, you know, you pull the Lockett and Metcalf double tandem and, grab some rust to go with it. So I'll, I'll say Seattle out of this group. As much as I like Indy, I just don't know if Phillip Rivers can, can get it done for you. Yeah, same question, Jamino. Again, consider opportunity cost, obviously. Imagine if I said Washington. I was just going to say, this guy loves McLaurin so much. Imagine, pairing him imagine? up with Alex Smith. So well, what quarterback do you pick? Team. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not taking Washington. It's definitely Seattle in this particular case. I mean, I think that this if, if you can get Wilson for a pretty good price, uh, maybe if he draw, drops to the fifth or something like that, then maybe you can like get a turn where you get like a Lockett and Wilson combination, and maybe that's a stack. But I'm, truthfully, none of these 
teams are really on the top of my stacking list at all. All right. This is the best ball hot take show presented by underdog fantasy. George Costanza taught us we got to finish strong. We got to go out on a high note. Give me the hottest of hot takes. Give me something scalding. Who wants the bat first? Because there is a raise in this as well. Who wants the Who wants to set the bar? Who wants? I want a bat first because I'm going to call Jamino out here, and, and this this is not the hot take. I'm just going to set it up here. A little, <laughs> little 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 starter here, but Will Fuller outscores Terry McLaurin this season in fantasy points, and Will Fuller finished the season top five at the wide receiver point position in fantasy Whoa. points. So Skull. here you go. Beats McLaurin, top five receiver, Will Fuller. Jamino, what do you got? Okay, so mine actually, I have written down here that I think Will Fuller will definitely score 10 touchdowns this season. Like, that, I think that's a pretty hot take. I mean, that's that's a situation I don't think a lot of people, but I'll go with one for, for Terry McLaurin. I'll give you two for the Redskins. The sun is more likely to explode by the end of the day than for Dwayne Haskins to complete all 16 games as a starter for the Washington Redskins. But I still think Terry McLaurin will have a hundred catches this season, no doubt about it. Wow, there you go. That, that that's t- I asked for hot takes. I got hot takes. I much appreciate it, guys. Uh, that was Chris French. You guys know him as Beer Makers fan. That was Christopher Jamino. I guess you just know him as Jamino, the guy. Uh, you know, ownership. He does all sorts of things. Like we do at RG, he's almost definitely got his hands in it to some extent. Uh, Jamino, you got to give like yourself it. a nickname. M- like me? Russell Wilson, Jamino's got to give himself a name. He, he can oh be, yeah, uh, Jamino. <laughs> Will we call him a tinkerer? What's the Russell Wilson nickname? Uh, Mr. Low Limit. <laughs> Mr. Low Limits. That's me. I want both of you guys to watch this after the show. Go ahead and find the video. Everybody out there watching, check out. Uh, if you've probably seen it, it's on the Twitter machine. Uh, but yeah, Mr. Unlimited, uh, Russell Wilson. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely worth your minute or whatever it is of watching. Because, yeah, that said, uh, we, do, we do appreciate Underdog Fantasy for uh, presenting the show. And, uh, yeah, $25. $25 you can turn it to 200K. The signature best ball mania tournament is going down. One million dollar total prize pool. It's not the only contest they have, but that, of course, there is their feature contest. That said, and we have, we'll have more shows going in the future. Okay, real quick, you, you t- real quick. Don't forget, there's a live show tonight. If you're not familiar with Underdog Fantasy, you want to check it out. Uh, there's going to be a show tonight. We're going to do a couple a week. I think another one tomorrow afternoon where we will be drafting live. Uh, the cast of characters from Roto Grinders will get on there and, and show you where we're drafting guys here in Underdog. So. 7.30 Eastern tonight, there will be a show right after Baseball Locks. Are you one of those cast of characters? Tonight I am not, but I will be on some of the shows for sure. I mean, I, I'm super excited about this. I, I wish Underdog would have jumped in while we were all sitting at home uh, dealing with coronavirus. But, <laughs> hey, we, we never too late here to, to jump in on the party. Thank you, Underdog Fantasy, for presenting the show. This was the Best Ball Hot Take Show. That was Beer. That was Jamino. Or maybe I'll have a new nickname next week. We'll see. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more football. Five more teams. I was Dean. We're out of here. That was also football. Holler. 